0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Simply Complex podcast. I'm Marcelo, your host. I also have a whole pile of hosts with me. I've got Carl Storms. Hi, Carl. Hey, Marcelo. And I've got Melissa Thiesens. Hi. Hi. And we've got Don Bachmiller out of retirement. Hi, Don. Hello. All right. And we got a very, very special guest and honorary podcaster with us. He always self-performs his own jokes. Mr. Kelly Cohn, hi.
1: <laughs> I do always self-perform my own jokes. They're less funny that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kelly, hello. We decided to invite you because we've got the big Built Digital Built Week conference very soon, 2023. And we thought we wanted a exhibitor's perspective and we thought we'd bring you on board because you have a good exhibitor perspective. Is that true?
1: Well, I'm 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 uh I'm here to provide an exhibitor's perspective as requested. Um, I'm I'm glad we're really uh building up to the uh, conference.
0: All right, yes, we are all very excited. <laughs> Melissa, you are a you are now an official mini member. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, what did you say? What? <laughs> Oh. so <laughs> I think we all have a unique perspective about, about this so i I've got plenty to ask you Kelly and we got lots of perspectives we are we are veteran conference attendees and conference speakers so I think we should just hit it off Kelly why don't you tell us like what 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 what's the whole point of a of an exhibitor tell us what like why why do we why do we even need you there
1: Well, I mean, uh, from from an attendee's perspective, and Melissa can certainly speak to this as well. um, We help uh, as exhibitors. We help uh, basically pay for the conference, Um, so we uh, chip in a relatively small, uh, and by that I mean many thousands, but not tens of thousands, unless we're going like all out with the silver and the platinum package, high roller style. Um, But you know, you know. People are chipping in, you know, companies are chipping in several thousands of dollars to be there, have the privilege of speaking with the attendees. Um, And uh, for us, you know, it's all about uh, closing sales. You know, it's all it's all about the Benjamins. You know, we we spend, uh, you know, five grand to be there. We need to sell five grand in software. Otherwise, uh, it's really hard for us to go back. Um,
0: Is, Is that always the case?
1: Well, it, it, I mean, it's always the case with all exhibitors. There aren't really, I mean, there's a couple of nonprofits there that are about membership as opposed to about selling software or selling hardware. But I mean, pretty much everybody who's an exhibitor is selling something. Uh, but the, the, I think the key thing to remember is there's a symbiotic relationship here in the sense that if, uh, if nobody goes to the exhibit hall and talks to the exhibitors so that they can get leads, so that they can close sales, the exhibitors won't come back next year. And then they're not there paying for the conference, and then the conference gets more expensive or shittier. One of the two. Oh and wow. So, okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's an important part of the conference ecosystem. I mean, I'm 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 saying this both in a self serving way and because it's true. Um, but um, but yeah, it's, it's the exhibitors are an important part of the conference because without them, you know, either your attendee fee would be two or three times bigger. Uh, or you wouldn't have any cool events or free drinks or things like that. Um, and so, you know, please, please do thank your local sponsor and please, you know, genuinely spend time in the exhibit hall looking at solutions and looking for things that might help your firm.
0: Okay. I don't think people realize that just how much the the exhibitors supplement the the fees that go into a conference. But are you saying on the flip side, if everyone agreed to pay three or four times more then we would not need the exhibitors? Is that what you're also saying?
1: I mean, it's all about the money, man. So, I mean, you know, if you think about it this way, uh, let's, let's think about built cause it's a good example. Um, uh, Melissa, how many exhibitors do we have at built?
0: I'm, I'm not even sure this year, not enough,
1: Yeah, not enough, never enough. But like, let's say roughly 50, let's say we have 50 exhibitors and they're all paying five grand to be there. Right. Somebody who's not an architect and therefore sucks at math can multiply that. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, you know, 500 attendees or 400 attendees, uh, you know, basically you have to supplement that somehow. And of course, there's some exhibitors like Autodesk and who are paying much more money because they're taking that platinum sponsorship. They're paying 25K or 30K or, you know, things like that to get the high end sponsorship. So it's like, you know, it, it adds up, you know, it's a, That's a lot of money.
0: So, Kelly, uh, are you also saying that as an attendee, we could do our part where we could promote the conference uh, throughout the year and help get vendors in and our fees would potentially go down? Is that what you're also
1: saying? Absolutely. Like, the, the this is it's all it's all, a, you know, it's all a lever right? You know, built, built is all about the people and the, and the, you know, and the material, like it's all about the content, right? Like that's the thing that's the core the heart of built is the quality of the content. Right. So, you know, of course they would like to charge less to the attendees. Yeah. Hey, I wonder uh, so more people could go and more people could have content or they could offer better incentives to people for teaching or, you know, hey. you know the cover their travel, you'll know, get better speakers. Like there's, you know, the conference does good things with the money. And so, you know, the, the, the more successful and, and part of it's word of mouth, right? The more successful the conference is for the vendors that go, other vendors will hear it was a successful conference and they will, you know, come the next year. And so, you know, it takes time for these things to build up. And of course, COVID was a big, you know, kick in the um, nether regions uh, to every conference out there. And so, you know, I know Build is still rebuilding back to the level it was before, this year, I'm hoping it's going to be uh, you know almost back to what we had pre-COVID. So,
0: so, so one more thing you mentioned incentives. You know what I have not seen yet, but Melissa, maybe you can think about this. Carl, what do you think too? Could you have incentives like you know when you're at a company and and you help bring an employee in, you get a little incentive. You know, I wonder if there's incentive programs so that you could be like, hey, listen, I brought in 3D Edge and they became a platinum sponsor. What do you say? You uh, reduce my and my company's fee for the conference by half or something. Are there any incentive programs like that about? Could there be?
2: There could be. I <laughs> think anything. Like bring in a whole bunch of big sponsors, and we'll see. Yeah, that. <laughs> anything's possible. But how do you how do you validate that ClearEdge showed up because of you? Oh, they very.
0: <laughs> you know, you're, you're they're trying they're like, to you're trying to be cool. like a
2: like a broker, you know, and say, well, I got these guys to come to your conference, and then you talk to those guys, and they go, oh no, we were coming all along. I don't uh, know what Marcelo's talking about.
0: Hey, Cole, I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put Bim down for film <laughs> that uh that I sent you.
3: There you go. <laughs> get get you a discount. <laughs> buy buy two get one free. <laughs> actually you know probably the
1: the the the, there's actually a mechanism for this already in place to some extent uh, marcelo in the sense that frequently um vendors will get passes to give out to people uh either discounted passes or free passes or things like that so i think the uh probably the, the the mechanism there is uh if you bring a vendor into the conference uh, and they think it's awesome, get them to give you a free pass next year. Okay. <laughs> or get them to buy your pass for next year, right? You know, there's things like that, uh, you know, that, that, that you can probably work out to accomplish what you want without uh, requiring a difficult tracking mechanism or an official program uh, that has to then be managed by somebody. Um, so. Okay, I know we've sponsored some of our customers in prior years uh, to go to the conference. So
0: so sorry about that. So um, so tell us so tell us like what Kelly, you know what I've always wondered is the actual individuals in the booth and how those are going to get selected by the company to put them in the booth. Because I have I have some pluses and minuses and some hit and misses with those experiences, you know. As, a, as an attendee, I try to go through the conference and I try to go to the vendors and I try to talk to them. Uh, and there's usually two types of people I think the vendors are looking at. One that are existing customers and ones that are not existing customers. And I think that's all you really get. And I'm wondering, like, you tell me, Kelly, like, what who makes the decision on who sits in that booth? And, you know, like, what how, do, how does that all play out? And, Carl, you could chime in on this, too, because conference uh carl i know you also are a bit of a uh carl's a booth or or if <laughs> kelly puts it a booth babe what what goes into that i have a lot of opinions about i think this right, is we're we're, we're losing you
1: yeah, up. we're losing you a little bit over there, Marcelo. But yeah, let me. I'll. I'll Do you have the
0: gist of what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. Determined.
1: Yeah, I'll. I'll. I'll dive in, and Carl can dive in. And first, for the record, um, um, it's booth. Booth beards. Uh, Carl and I are booth beards now. Um, but yeah, um, the uh, <laughs> I mean, it, uh, basically. Um, As an organization, about three weeks prior to the conference, um, everybody uh, gets together and we uh, put a bunch of straws in a cup and we all draw the straws and whoever gets the shortest straws ends up having to sit at the booth. Um, No, obviously, I'm kidding. Um, You know, typically we like to have a mixture of people there because like you said, there's different types of scenarios that encounter, like a, a new customer that's never seen anything, You'll have somebody that's ready to, you know, close to ready to buy. You'll have people that are just interested, people who like where the product is headed, but maybe aren't ready to buy yet. You know, um, there's that whole kind of host of things. And also we get a whole lot of feedback. We get feedback on pricing, feedback on the product, feedback on new features. So we try to have, um, you know, sales people at the booth. We try to have, so usually you know, for a smaller conference, you know, we'll have a salesperson. Uh, For a bigger conference, we'll have two or three. Um, We try to have somebody from the product management team there to collect actual feedback from customers and from the prospects, right? You know, because sometimes it's, it's important to differentiate that. Customers will have one set of feedback. Prospects will have different feedback, right? They'll be like, oh, I'd buy this if you did X now they, they never actually tell the truth. So you have to filter that through a, a very, uh, uh, you know, you know, take that with a very large grain of salt. Um, because, uh, I, I've been doing this long enough to know that you then do X and then you go, Oh yeah, that's awesome. Now I'll buy it if you do Y. And then, you know, at some point you're like at FF and they still haven't bought and you're like, come on. Uh, <laughs> so but yeah so we have try to have product we try to have sales and then we usually try to have people from our support side because uh, it's a really good opportunity for them to get exposure to customers and understand what they're doing so we try to have like that kind of like a triumvirate if you will of those people that are sales product and support because um, it just it's a it's a good way to kind of deal with all the different types of people that might come up to your booth but um, and then we you know we try to pick people that specialize in a software that's relevant for that particular conference so you know, we have tools that are more focused on plant and process. That's not a really big thing for built. So we're not going to send, you know, auto uh, and we're not going to send, you know, somebody else to that. We're going to send Justin or we're going to send, you know, James or whatever. So, yeah.
3: Carl, well,
0: do you, is that, is that how it works too? When, when you set those things up?
3: Well, I, I think it depends on the company you're with and the size and the goals of the company. I mean, back in back in my Imaginate days, if you wanted to go to a conference, you had to speak. So that's where I got my shotgun approach to submitting 175 different abstracts for conferences. Because if I wasn't speaking, I didn't get to go. Um, and so then the people that were in the booth were Matt Mason and his team, because they made the products that they were selling at the booth, and then the speakers that were there. And as you said, sometimes speakers are great dealing with clients. Sometimes maybe maybe they're not um now when with with bim track having people there very much to what kelly said you know there's going to be someone there that is uh, part of the clients pre pre-sales that would be my role maybe a speaker um the software support people the people that build the product and then as well as you know a few of the, the faces of the company if you will that are there that come into play the size of the conference also dictates the size of the booth and the number of people. Sometimes two people can handle a small one-day conference, sometimes you got four or five in the booth. And I guess Kelly didn't mention this but just to say if you've never been a booth beard, everyone thinks it's glamorous and wonderful, but when you go to say like built where it's the the day where we have the after hours Uh, event and it's the the libations are sponsored by the exhibitors and it opens at 8 a.m and it closes at eight o'clock at night and you've been on your feet for 12 hours talking to people it's not as glamorous as you might think so uh you know as as kelly said thank your local sponsor
0: all right don you want to add anything like i want to hear i want to hear like what's your best what's your best vendor experience interacting with them and what's your worst
2: like what so first of all i'll say that to kind of to echo what carl and kelly said it, it definitely depends on the company um we only have four people in our company so we could send everybody um but we're not um but as far as experience goes um if your booth can communicate what value you really add to the industry, that's going to um, appeal to the uh, the non-existing customers. I mean, essentially what you said earlier was you're either a potato or you're not. Um, and that's true of every person in the world. Um, but yeah, so so you got to be, able, if, if, it's, if it's just a big, Circus sales pitch; um, those tend to not be uh, not as appealing, especially at a conference like Built, where you know you're dealing with a higher level of of user base, and we don't want to see canned demos, um, you know, videos that just work perfectly every time you hit play. Um, So we like to see that the companies are developing solutions that are not because they want the industry to do things a certain way. They're developing solutions that the industry needs. So any kind of, any kind of booth that has the, the people that can speak the language of the end user, even if it's in a, in a bit of a sales pitch, if they, if they truly know what you're talking about when they're giving that pitch, then I think that's more successful than just saying, oh, I'm Joe the salesman salesman, and, you know, our software does all these wonderful things. And because as soon as somebody throws a wrench in it, you know, well, what if I'm doing, you know, metric or whatever, and then they don't know, then it just becomes, you know, just a, okay, I've lost interest, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Then you have to have good swag, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. you got to draw them in with the swag. I think that's, I think that's a big part of it, right? You get attendees who kind of just serpentine through the aisles, look for the good swag, kind of grab it, and then like they reach for it, and they're like, "Wait, can I take this if I don't say anything?" And then mm-hmm. if they get the, go for it, and it's like, "Yeah." But if they're like, "Can I, can I get this?" and they'd be like, "Hi, what company are you with?" and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, now I gotta." Can
2: I, I got can I scan your badge?
0: And now to, I got to engage to get the you know seven gig flash drive or something. <laughs> and
1: it's it's funny. It's like different strategies work for different companies. Like and really like <clears throat> we're we're kind of an odd duck, right? Because we're such a niche. You know, it's like if you're using Revit or something, you know, BIMish, and you're working with laser scans and trying to make an as-built model, then we're a relevant company for you to talk to. And so it's like, it's one of those challenges where it's like, um, you know, we're we're speaking to like, you know, 5% or 10% of the conference attendees. And so what works for us is very different than what works for a company that's like, you know, they have a product that's relevant to 95% of the attendees or something, right? right? right. And so it's like, you know, completely different strategies, like completely different approach. Um, uh, and so it's, it's always... Uh, just varies it's not like there's a way to do it that works and you know 10 ways that don't work it's like right very tailored towards your situation the customers you're looking for our biggest problem is filtering out the you know the wheat from the chaff right it's like is this person here you know for swag is this person here for this is that you know is this person here you know and it's going to waste our time or is this person actually a legit you know customer and uh you know, a potential customer, and so it's like it's it's always it's always a little tricky to figure out when you're when you're a niche product, um, but you have different problems when you're not a niche product. So,
2: okay. so don't you think though that um, that this kind of goes back to what I was saying about you know people in the booth speaking the language of the industry. There is, I would think, an opportunity for maybe somebody is using Revit but they're not dealing with laser scans but if they see your product they might go well if we started using laser scans we'd have this you know potential to do this kind of work so there's even though you're very niche cuz I know I was I was the same way it was if you're electrical and you're using Revit and you don't hate manufacturer's content then let me show you this but but I also took took that as an opportunity to say, hey, what can we do about manufacturer's content? And, you know, so the cool thing about it in terms of just an overall being there at a booth is seeing the the potential opportunities, not just for, you know, cha-ching, make some money, but to grow your your audience, grow your user base, whatever you want to call it, which then Results in ching money. So, yeah.
3: that's a that's a great point, Don. And the, you bring that up, and we always have to come back to what Kelly said. I mean, if you're growing a user base, uh, you have some relevant swag, something that sits on a desk for somebody that works at a company that doesn't do laser scanning. But six months a year later, they go to a different company that does. They see that nice piece of swag, jogs memory. They come back to it. Having those, you know, twelve months, eighteen month, two year. Mm-hmm. remembrances and things that come back are great they're the wonderful value that's hard to account for the actual roi on that but as kelly said unfortunately if the first two years you go to the conference it's all of that down the road value you, you kind of need a little bit of both to bring into place but once you get established that's the real goal at least that i've seen from mine is the ability to have those customers that recognize the value stop by the booth say hi grab you know a water cup a pen or whatever And when it's their time to shine, they're now the ones that make the decisions. They're now the ones with the wallets or they've started a new company. They're going to come to you because they've seen you. They understand you. They trust you. They know the product. So there's those outside, those fringe benefits of coming to a conference, particularly like built because of the quality of the people is, yes, it's great for us to there and make it less expensive for attendees to go. But there's also a value of what happens if you're at the top tier conference and you are not there. What are people going to say? Oh, Joe Blow and his, his siding company weren't here this year. They must've what's happened. Why aren't they here where they need to be? So there's give and take to that as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And the, another flip side of that is you don't know if sometimes it's hard to tell if they could be a potential customer down the road, right? Like, like some of the experiences I have had going to vendors is within the first three or four seconds, a vendor would know if you're a potential customer or not. And the times some of the negative experiences I've had has been that they've determined that I am not a potential customer at the time. And then at that point, like even the body language, the back is towards me like, okay, I'm kind of done talking to you, you know? And I'm like, Hey, how's the conference? Oh my gosh. Did you see this? Well, you know, and it's like, you get this kind of negative, like, well, you're no longer worth my time and Mm. you could potentially be a customer in the future. Or you could be telling people, Oh yeah, that, like, it just happened at the structure conference I was at. We're like, oh, hey, who are you? Oh, yeah, we do bridges. No, I do buildings. Okay. And then, you know, it was like, bring me out. See you later. And I'm like, wait, I could potentially do bridges in the future. I know, like, 30 engineers who do bridges. I can send them away. But it's like, you "No, know, okay, well, you're done for now. Uh, I don't want to deal with you anymore. You know, like, I think there's a bit of, of <laughs> there should be some,
3: that's a double-edged sword, though, too, Marcelo. You, you know, if you happen to be at the booth at a time where it's busy and there's people there with their cash money out, um, you have to expect to maybe second fiddle. So you always have to give them that second chance to come back around and ask. And then if they're not interested, you, you can you can judge them. But you, you know, you have to you have to play both sides of that stick, right? I suppose. Otherwise, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna go away on their scooter and never talk to you again. Yeah. I
0: suppose, although maybe it, maybe the body language shouldn't be so dramatic. I mean, it's just very subtle. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I talked to you in a second, whatever. I don't know.
2: As an attendee, I think I always would kind of do my first lap, you know, and I would check every conference or every, sorry, every booth kind of, what's this about? What's this about? What's this about? And then if I am genuinely like wanting to find out more, then start, like Carl said, you know, maybe circle back when they're not so busy and I they can, you know, give me their undivided attention like Kelly, you know, just it's guess he's gone.
0: Yeah. Bye Kelly. I think we, we just
2: did we did did we offend oh, no, him?
0: We well here's the thing. We're not a potential customer, so Kelly's not like, Yeah, he's yeah. like,
2: I'm done with these these people. They're not customers. Any
0: of you do laser
1: I'm glad you picked up my vibe. Uh, no, I that was them hanging on my front door, as happens, in the middle of podcasts every bloody time. And it's like, uh,
0: That's what know. I was talking about right there, yeah. Any of you do laser scanning? No. Okay. And it's like, yeah,
1: no, nobody on this call. Actually, Carl's Carl's the Carl's the one person I care about on this call because we have an integration with VemTrack. And mm-hmm. yeah, so like uh, you, you guys can all know. I was like, I I, I think Carl makes a good point. Like I, I always try and like describe it as like there's a difference between like there's lots of interactions in a booth, but you can care about talking to a person without caring about selling them something and right. vice versa, right? right? And so like... To me, it's like the, the right way to handle that is you should, like, if you identify that somebody's not a customer, well, okay, well, don't, you know, you don't then spend the next 15 minutes trying to pitch them the product, right? Instead, you pivot the conversation to a shorter, but more personal conversation, right? You, you then go, oh, click, not a customer. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah, well, we do, we, we you know. Um, We take laser scans and make them useful. That's our value prop, you know, um, you know, if that's ever of interest, you know, happy to do a demo, things like that. But yeah, how's the conference? Like, are you enjoying yourself? Blah, blah, blah. Right. But then you can kind of like gently steer that person along to the next booth if it's busy or you can be like, just be honest. Like, you know, it's, it's not like I think people it's like a pet peeve of mine. I feel like people are afraid to just speak the truth. And oftentimes, like every, everybody that goes to a conference is a business person, right? We're all in the business. So it's like, I have literally told people is like, I really want to chat with you because it sounds like, you know, it sounds like what you're doing is really interesting, but we've got like 25 people at the booth and I've got to go spend some time with some people that are asking about the product that I'm here to, you know, to rep, uh, let's catch up later. or or swing by after hours for drinks or something like just be honest right and just be like hey you're clearly not a customer it's busy right now i need to focus on customers and let's catch up later like there's why would anybody get offended by that like that's a completely reasonable statement from one business person to another business person like you know come on like let's as opposed to the cold shoulder which is like i think such a such a stupid move like it's like oh god like why that that
2: goes right back Oh, mm, don't, go ahead. I, I was going to say that goes right back to how do you decide who mans the booth? You know, you want to send people that aren't just dry toast, right? sales techie people. They got to have some people skills.
0: Right. And Kelly, you said, right, you need you need to you need to have those individuals or train those individuals so they can have that kind of interaction. Right, mm. I think that's important. And, you know, on the other side, some attendees are cruising the exhibit halls because they just want someone to talk to. You know, but you know, you you want to give them the time, but uh, at the appropriate time. So I mean, I get it. I get it. Yeah, those are those are yeah. good points. Yeah. Uh, okay. One more thing that I that I find lacking sometimes in the in the exhibit are individuals who are anew the ins and outs like the technical ins and outs of the software. Sometimes when I visit a booth, I'm like, okay, I own that. I work on that software. I got a bone to pick with them you go over there, and you're like, "Listen, these are the three things I contacted them, and them, and nothing's happening." And like, when's this gonna happen? And they'll be like, "Oh, that's our that's our program and our developer, but they don't ever show up to any of this." We'll pass along the information, you know, and then we're like, "Okay, here we go. Here's the information. And this happens like any time, especially for me, because you know I'm I'm in kind of the quasi development side of it. So I'm like, okay, here's all the information you need. Pass it on, you know, then." After the conference, month, two months later, hey, I'm following up with you. Did you pass that information on? What information? Yeah, you know, we were talking and you said you were what well, I don't know what you're talking about. You no, know, it's like uh, <laughs> conference brain a company, it
1: conference brain.
0: You want to engage them because you have their their voice, it's a company you really want to invest in and work out the issues with. Sometimes the uh are not there or the follow through is not there uh and and i i i find i just find as a as a as a conference attendee tend to have sales and marketing but they they tend to lack you had a, something that tend to lack in is kind of the more technical side of it like the developers and the programmers now i know they're not really good at being in the booth but there's a lot of times when there's like things you need answers to. And then the, you know, the the ones who are in there sometimes can't answer your questions. I'm not specifically talking about clear edge or BIM track, but my opinion in general and, and, and and 90% of the time, I would wish there was someone technical in there who could, would have that kind of dialogue. Maybe, maybe it's me. And maybe I should conference. That's one reason I engage company at a conference is to, now I have their ear. Is that fair? I don't know.
1: I mean, I, I think that's why you want to have PM like a product management at the okay. booth, right? Like, like mm-hmm. ultimately, like that—that's not the you don't. There are some developers that enjoy the conference. like you know. So we we actually do occasionally take developers to conferences, but they're usually there for content. They're not usually there to sit at the booth. Um, they're there to learn things, and so. And, and that's but that's that's the role of the product manager. Like customers shouldn't be like telling a developer like, hey, I need you to fix this bug because the developer will literally never do it just because a customer tells them to. The product manager has to look at the bug, prioritize the bug relative to all the other bugs and figure out where it sits and then schedule it. And then eventually the development team will work on it um, because, you know, there may be 12 other bugs that are way more pressing. Um, and so like the developers, like at least at uh, medium, you know, in, Even a small company like a tiny little startup it's a little different like if you've got four people in your firm okay maybe that's like legit and the developer breaks out their laptop and fixes the bug right there on the floor right like i've had that experience with really small startups but once they kind of grow and have some reasonable revenue and they have some kind of a product or you know product management org and a dev and engineering org and you know at that point it's like that's got to go through the pm anyway and they're the right person to be at the conference and to have that conversation and then to filter that. And it's literally their job to take that feedback and get it into Jira or get it into AHA or whatever system they're using to manage, you know, customer feedback. And then that will create stories and that will have requirements, And then that, you know, like that's that's just the kind of mechanics of, of you know, software development. And maybe uh,
0: maybe that's maybe that's what I'm saying. I find I find a lack of, I find a, I find it top heavy on sales and marketing and I find there a lack of product developer managers or whatever you're calling them.
1: Yeah. Some, some companies definitely lean towards just sales and marketing. And I, and I would say that's generally true with bigger companies. The bigger the company is, the less often you've got product there. Actually, it's Why is of that? The things- Just because it's expensive to have the product person there. And, you know, if they're not speaking, they're, you know, they're the bigger, the bigger the company is a that means you don't get to be big by having a niche product, you get to be big by having a general product that applies to all the customers. That means conferences are really sales and marketing events for a large company, as opposed to product development events. And so like, this is actually something that I think Autodesk does like a surprise, like a really good job on. Like Autodesk, gets a lot of shit and they deserve a lot of shit. Um, But this is like one of the things I've always appreciated. They they really put effort into sending product people to conferences. And there's a lot of companies that don't. And so like I think it's rare. It's rare that I have kudos to send Autodesk. It's like, you know, but this is definitely an area where I think they all there's always somebody from product at the conferences. And that's great because it allows the ability for that conversation. Um
0: maybe, yeah. maybe maybe that's what we're cycling back on now is is there's a booth and there's a red line down the middle. A product developer sits on the right, sales and marketing on the left. On the right side are existing customers. You go that line. That's the product developer. On the left, you got the sales and the marketing who are shouting and yelling how awesome the product is and trying to pull in new people. I guess that's what I'm kind of thinking in my head. You know, because there is clearly you have you're either you're the potato or not, right, Don? And I think when I think what tends to happen, and more on the new customers, not existing kind of my general opinion of what I've seen being doing this for 12 years now. And I maybe what I'm saying is it would be great to have some emphasis on existing customers as well and in the budget so that if you target those existing customers. The existing customers are existing and you don't want to lose them well right kind of like anyway i guess that's where i'm going with this marcella you just want to feel special don't you i do i want my <laughs> own line that's what it is
1: <laughs> you just want to i want Want my own line at the best at the yeah. stand
0: <laughs> there yeah and then and then and then there. actually the third one off to the left there <laughs> are no customers no potential customers and then that's where you wait to have nice uh off-topic chats
1: I I I yeah. I mean, this is I I'll just I'll flat out this. I always find this to be humorous. But every time I go to a conference and Marcelo's there, I also always offer to let him leave his shit at our booth. Oh. And this is actually like a strategy because Marcelo then treats the booth as home base, and then he like walks out and talks to people, but he comes back to get stuff out of his bag. And so it like it's this really interesting lure scenario. And so it's like, I do this with Marcelo. I used to do it before Aaron had his own booth. I used to do it with Aaron. Like, I would be like, oh, yeah, just leave your shit at my booth. And they'd be like, oh, that's so nice. And I'm like, it works out for me. It's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, go, go, go. <laughs> Spread. Bring them back.
0: <laughs> that makes total sense. Cause that's, and that's how you did that impression that went yeah. viral. That was awesome.
1: <laughs> I, Marcel, I don't know what you're talking about. I just get really excited about conferences. It's so exciting. It's fabulous. It's like, oh, we really need to thank Autodesk. They give us these magical gifts of actually sending product people to conferences, and it's just, it's amazing. Like we should thank them for what they do. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who I might be impersonating.
0: That was spot on. You got the curly hair and everything.
1: Oh yeah, I need to I need to let it down though for that. But yeah, it's right. a podcast. Nobody can All see. Right. Imagine curly Marcelo hair shaking around. <laughs>
0: All right, Carl, listen, Don, do you have anything else for Kelly while he's here?
3: So, Kelly, what's – go ahead, Don. No, No, you
2: go. Canadians first. All
3: right. I was going to say, well, what's your thought on packing up the booth early? (laughs) Speaking (laughs) of poking the bear.
1: If if you want to earn my ire (laughs) as a fellow vendor, pack up the booth early like that is there are excuses like right like particularly when you have like people that are like they're an international you know they're they're international vendors and they've got a flight and they've got to make the flight like there's there's like legit reasons to do it but like in general you do not pack the booth when there are customers in the hall that's just like like to me when i used to be a customer like i would occasionally like i'd be interested in a company and i you know a lot of times the last day was the best time for me to to hit the conference and I'd go in and I'd like start heading towards the booth and somebody would be packing up. And it was like, I was legitimately coming with money to spend. (laughs) And I'd just be like, deuces, I'm out. (laughs) 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 If you can't, if you can't stay until the bell, like you ain't getting my money. Like, I'm sorry, I'm out. Right. And oh man, it just, it, it tweaks me. Actually, we had somebody uh, about three conferences ago at our booth start packing up the booth where customers were on the floor still. They were like, oh, we're going to get a head start. I was like, if you effing touch anything else in this booth,
3: <laughs>
1: I'm taking you out back and we're having a really hard conversation.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> you're going to love us then because we're not even setting up our booth.
1: Oh, well, that's fine. That's <laughs> We're not not
2: going to tear it down early. We're just not going to set it up. We we got a booth by by virtue of sponsorship, but we're really not there to exhibit anything. So we won't have our booth open to begin with.
1: That's all right. Uh, Let's just make sure it's next to our booth, and then I'll just expand into your booth. You can
2: have the extra space. There you go. Well, (laughs) talk to the committee about that one.
1: Yeah, no, I'll, 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 I'll definitely work that out. I, now I know. I know exactly <laughs> yeah. who it has to be next to. It's fabulous. Uh, Love it. All right.
2: Uh, but I also reserve the right for Phil to last minute decide he wants to send eight pinball machines, two big screen TVs, and a Triumph T6 to display in the booth.
1: I mean, that that does seem like a, a very reasonable thing to hold out hope for. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Kelly, I'm uh, curious... Kelly, I'm curious, does your company do like a return on investment calculation on what you spend at the conference and what you get back out of it? Has that ever happened? Absolutely. Yeah. And Absolutely. What, what's that shakeout to be usually?
1: I mean, it varies per conference uh, dramatically. Um, and so, you know, I think it's, um, and it's good, like what you were saying earlier, like short term versus long term, like you know, there's hot leads, there's warm leads, there's cold leads that we get. Yeah. Um, you know, built has been a kind of um, a grow a potential growth area for us. We've been working on some new products that we think are particularly relevant to built built attendees. Those products weren't launched, so we were kind of investing and frankly, make not making an ROI for the first, you know, couple of years that we were there, but you want to establish a presence. You want people to know your name, you want people to see that, and then then you have a product, and then there's a level of comfort, right? Um, and so like, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how it shakes out these next couple of years and, uh, you know, whether we really get the ROI back for the first couple of years. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, every conference gets an ROI analysis. We, we track the leaves, where they come from, what conferences we've seen them at, you know, we know if we saw them at two or three or four or five conferences before they bought, um, and so that's a, that's a really important part of kind of understanding where your spend is, how much you should spend. Did you get benefit from the higher end sponsorship or not? Um, you know, all that kind of stuff.
0: And Carl and Kelly, uh, are, are most of the leads that you get come from conferences?
3: There's, there was definitely, I, I don't know how that goes. Marketing and sales, they all quantify those a little bit differently. But the years where there wasn't conferences versus the years that there was and they're coming back again, there's a difference. There's a big difference because it's easy to have a webinar and get somebody's name and email. But if you've sat around and shared a, you know tacos in a bag or a drink or, or you know commiserated about the, the bus ride from the terminal to the to the you know, event, the networking aspect—you—you you cannot quantify the networking aspect, and it makes so much difference. As you know, all the stuff we're talking about leads to the in-person experience, and that's the real value of a conference. And you know, a lead that comes from a webinar is never going to be the same as having you know shared the same space as a person.
1: Yeah, and I—I I, I, I would say that most of our leads do not come from conferences, but a lot of our kind of follow-up. You know, secondary, tertiary, you know, uh, interactions with customers before they buy come at conferences. I, I think it's like anything. You know, like our products aren't cheap. Like we don't sell hundred dollar or five hundred dollar widgets. We sell six thousand, eight thousand dollar software. People don't just buy it on the drop of a hat, right? It's it's a it's a long sales cycle for us. So. And it's because it's niche. Like, we have to charge more money for it because there just aren't that many customers. If we charge less money for it, we'd go out of business, right? So, um, you know, it's all the economics of it. So, uh, the conferences, I think, are really important. It was really tough for us during COVID without the conferences to have those kind of uh, follow up things. And so that definitely, you know, had an impact on our sales. Uh, and it's nice to be back at the conferences and to kind of have those opportunities again. So, um, but yeah. It, we get some leads at conferences but the vast majority come through other channels like social or uh, camp- email campaigns webinars things like that it's but i feel like conferences it's much easier to qualify a lead and like understand if they're you know buying next year if they're buying this year if they're buying this month uh, you know that's a, that's a much harder thing to do virtually you really want that face to face combo.
0: Yeah and I think if we learned anything was covid and the lockdown gave us perspective on how important the the interaction is whether it's an attendee or a vendor or a speaker or a committee member right it's just so important
1: yeah no, I completely agree, and that and that's why I think it's so important. to be, you know, be appreciative of what the vendors do, and they don't always send the right person. They don't always have the PM. They don't have. They always don't always have this. You know, sometimes shit happens, and their booth doesn't show up. Uh, that happened to us one year, where the booth just got lost in the mail. Thank okay. you FedEx. Uh, sorry sorry fedex it was ups uh but anyway um it's like you know that stuff happens but like when you're when you're at that conference and you're talking to that vendor and you're like you know i roll remember that person just you know probably bought your last five beers uh and so you know maybe don't don't i roll too hard uh you know be be appreciative that they're there uh in any form or fashion to uh sponsor your alcohol habit um, or uh, you know your learning habit if you want to be more um, <laughs> <laughs> more wholesome. Um, yeah.
0: Well, I will said Kelly. Uh, let's take this in for a landing. So I think we learned a few things. Human interaction extremely important. Make sure you thank your vendors because they help supplement the, com- the the conference. Make sure you thank the conference committee because they're putting it together. Actually, thank your employer or whoever's paying for it too. I think that doesn't happen as often, and we'll see everyone at the conference. Sound good. Sounds good. Sounds great. All right. Looking, okay. Looking Thanks. forward to it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining. And I can't Kelly, wait to
1: see you all there. What's that? I can't wait to see you all there. Yeah,
0: can't wait to see you That's all. Right, there. Carl, Melissa, Don, Kelly. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you later. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Marcelo. Do in a few weeks. Few weeks.